Welcome to the November episode of International Voices. My name is Udo Fluk. I oversee the office of Arts Missoula Global and I am the host and moderator of this podcast series. To listen to episodes from the last two years, please visit artsmissoula.org, click on Global and visit Radio and Podcasts. International Voices is a monthly podcast brought to you through a collaboration of Arts Missoula Global and The Trail 1033. This is the second part of a multi-part series focusing on managing cultural adjustment and culture shock. Last month, I was fortunate to talk to Siena Greata Medrano, a student at the University of Montana, but born and raised in the city of Manila, the capital of the Philippines, which is also where she started her education. Siena first settled in Phillipsburg, Montana, a city of under a thousand individuals, before moving to Missoula to attend UM. This November episode is dedicated to all the brave students in high schools around the world who started their education in one country and finish it in another. Who left their comforts, their culture, their traditions and customs behind and had to rediscover, relearn and rebuild it all in another country and culture. In this episode, I'm talking to four high school students in Missoula, two from the country of Burundi, one from Syria and one from Congo, and a Missoula teacher who has also become their coach. We wanted to start out by you telling me your full name and what your position is in MCPS, then I can properly introduce you. Okay, sure. My name is Aria Peters and I'm the English language teacher for high school students in MCPS. Wonderful, thank you, that helps a great deal. Um, tell me a little bit about your experience with culture shock, either because you experienced it yourself, uh, traveling at some point, or because you worked with students that have gone through cultural adjustment and culture shock. Okay, yeah. I. I experienced both of those things, traveling myself. Um, I studied abroad when I was in college and had a culture shock experience uh, to some extent. Uh, I studied abroad in Europe, so the culture wasn't so different from Where in Europe, culture. if I may ask? In Austria. Oh, in nice. Vienna, Austria. Okay. Um, so Austrian culture is quite different from American culture in that it's much more uh, strict American culture is so much more casual and even just the school culture setting right about being in classes with professors in a different kind of academic context right and so that relates a lot to the classroom setting here as a teacher right um, the school culture can be a big culture shock for students and right. so that's something that I try to help students adjust to in the school setting um, American schools can feel casual um, students are now in English immersion classes and right. so the language can be uh, kind of daunting at first and sure. so really encouraging them and giving them tools for um, being able to sit in a class and, and feel like comfortable and confident. Um, and I would imagine 
while schools all try to do the same thing no matter where they are around the world the way it's done is quite different it is very and different the yeah. student teacher interaction and even what perhaps the physical idea of a school is or a classroom is may be quite different definitely even a simple example of many of my students are used to sitting in the class and having teachers come for the different subjects and then in American high schools with each subject change they're walking around to every class so helping students understand that they have to know exactly where their classes are and they have right. five minutes to get there right. and it's a mad rush and it's so busy in the hallways that's something that most students that I work with are not used to right so yeah every school in every culture is very different um, and then just the community aspect or the even environment aspect of the Missoula cold, dark winters right. and um, just the way Americans interact when you're on the street. Right. Um, things like Americans love dogs and many of my students are not comfortable with dogs. Right. So just talking through all of those sure. things to kind of help them adjust and explain why and talk through how they're feeling about it and so the adjustment and or the possible shock is not just in one area but it's actually on different levels definitely it can be the school environment itself as far as the interaction with the teacher mm -hmm. it could be um, the larger sort of concept of a school and how people interact with each other outside of the direct teacher and student interaction, mm -hmm. but then also everything that happens outside of the school setting, the socializing, how do people socialize with each other and what, what is proper to do and what is not proper to do from one culture to another, I would imagine, is quite different. Definitely, yeah, there's so much nuance to all of that as well. Yeah, so I try in my role as a teacher to first and foremost make sure that students feel very welcome in my classroom and that this is the place they can talk about those things right. and ask all the questions that they have right. because I don't know that students feel comfortable in other classes talking about that sure. because they're sure. surrounded by American students who are just living their lives in, right. in the culture. So right. I try to make sure that we have conversations in my classroom around what students are experiencing and and questions they might have and then kind of explaining and talking through some of the uh, many emotions they might have too and right. that it's normal and right. it might feel strange or right. uncomfortable and right. that's okay. So you are really an important part in making this successful because without you the student really wouldn't have a person to converse with. That's my hope, yeah. Right? I mean it's not like there is a class that is offered on cultural adjustment. It's right. not like there are other ways if you wouldn't have the person to go to to interact with then the whole thing might not really happen quite right 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 and i think the relationship is so important um, we can talk kind of broadly about cultural differences but every person's personality right. and their their own unique experiences really drive how they're experiencing the new culture so right. having a relationship with the student and knowing their personality and their background and their family can really help in in supporting them in their adjustment. Perfect. So for my listeners out there, I'm sitting in a classroom and um, there's actually, uh, well, there is the teacher, Aria, and then there is four students, um, uh, three female students, one male student. And um, 
I don't quite know who would like to start, but we could um, we could start with anybody that would that would like and be brave enough to uh, to jump in. And then I think as as we are interacting, there may be others that might want to join and say, oh, I have a thought on this or I have an experience on that. So it doesn't need to be just the individual student. Um, we can also flip back and forth. That's not a problem either. Great. So who would like to who would like to start? Would you like to start? Cool. All right. So we'll start with you. Um, can you please tell me your name? Uh, my name is Sandrine. Ah, okay. We need to. That's right. I totally forgot about this. We need to switch the mic. Good <laughs> thing is that we're editing all of this in the end, so that's not really a problem. Yeah. If you clip that on to your shirt, oh. yeah, just so that. There you go. Perfect. That I think will be great. Um, so let's start again. What's your name? Uh, my name is Sandrine. Sandrine? Yes. Okay. And what country are you from, Sandrine? Uh, I'm from Congo, but I moved to Uganda when I was four years old. Okay. Great. Um, what is your native language? Swahili and Kinyabwesha. So you speak two languages? Yes. Wow. So did you grow up speaking those two languages in Congo? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, when did you come to the United States and did you come directly to Missoula or did you live somewhere else before in the country? Uh, I came directly to Missoula. Uh, it was, I don't really remember the day, but it was around March, like okay. the beginning of uh, 2019. So you've been here three years? Yes. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> All right. How are you liking it? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's getting better and better. So let's talk about this a little bit because I'm sure coming from Congo uh, to Missoula is quite different in many ways. Yeah, totally different. <laughs> what were some of the things that you remember that were just really difficult to adjust to? What were some of the things where you would say, oh, that, that took me some time to get used to? Oh, gosh. The culture, like... American culture is very, very different from my culture. Uh, and the language, it was really hard, like learning English. Even though it was easy for me to like speak it, but like understanding what the teacher is saying or people are saying, it was really hard. Right. And also the food is different. Um, it kind of like sugar. <laughs> we don't eat a lot of sugar where I come from. And uh, I didn't like it at first. Like I will go to school and I won't eat lunch because like the food was just horrible to me yeah so the language and the food and yes. obviously just speaking to you now you speak English really well so <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> you do um, and it reminds me of uh, so I was born and raised in Germany I came to Missoula um, as a student at the University of Montana and I had English in school and so I came here and I thought ha this will be easy because <laughs> I learned English in school and I was sitting in my first lecture and I had a professor from the southern states uh -huh. in the United States. So that person had a very heavy dialect. And I was sitting in my first lecture and I was wondering what language might this person be speaking? <laughs> because it sounded so different to my ear from what I was used to growing up in Germany. Mm -hmm. I had um, 
a teacher from Oxford, England. So that teacher spoke very proper and, you know, British English. Mm. And then I'm ending up with somebody from the state of Georgia. <laughs> and it, you know, it, I mean, like you said, I, I was, it was one thing to speak, but it was another to listen and understand. And mm. so that took me quite some time. Yeah. So I can relate to a little bit anyway of what you might have gone through in 2019 when you yeah. came to Missoula. <laughs> so, um, what was easy to adjust to? Oh, God. What uh, were some things where you said, oh, that was just like at home? Was there anything? I don't know. I don't think there was something that was easy. I felt like I actually had to go out to like actually like find something because we came in the winter right. and uh, I couldn't go outside because it was too cold for right, me. Right. So I only went to like school or to like some meeting and that's it. Like I don't really think there was anything that was easy. Like I, everything was hard because I was shy and I felt sure. like if I speak English to someone, right. they're gonna laugh at me because they wouldn't understand. So right. it was really hard. I will always, my heart will always beat fast when I'm going to do something or like at school. It, yeah, it's a certain kind of stress, isn't it? Yeah. I remember that too. I felt like tense and stressed. And when people asked me questions, I actually just wanted to walk away <laughs> because then, you know, if you don't have the answer, that solves a big problem. But thankfully, the people I talked to were kind of persistent and they had more questions. And so I couldn't really get out of it. And after a while, it got easier. But I do remember that in the beginning, it wasn't easy. Yeah. So what helped you? If you remember, what were some things that gave you comfort or that helped you get through that phase? Oh, uh, my teacher in middle school, uh, she's just like Miss Aria. Uh, I will pretty much tell her everything that was happening in school and she will help me a lot. And also music at home. Uh, okay. um, my siblings helped me a lot because they, they spoke better English than me. Uh, so they will like tell me how they also experienced the same thing in school. Right. And like it's normal, you know. We are still new. It's gonna get better and better. Right. Yeah. So having family support was yeah. really important. Yes. Tell me more about the music part. Oh God. How did music help? I love music. I feel like everyone around me knows that. Uh, and usually when I'm sad or like happy I just listen to music sure and most of the time because I really wanted to learn English so much I will listen to like pop music mm -hmm. that will like help me with actually understand it or like watch some American movies or other like movie from outside of America and like with English subtitles right so we teach me how to like read it and actually understand what they're saying right and I mean, people say that music is a universal language. Yeah. So no matter what you speak through music, you can communicate with others and you can connect with others. So that's really cool that that worked for you. Yeah. Great. Um, as far as connecting to other people, how was that easy to make friends in Missoula or did, was that difficult? Oh, difficult. Difficult? Difficult. Uh, I mean, I was young. I was like in, uh, I just started middle school. Right. And uh, kids wouldn't react the same way an adult will react. Some will be like, I don't know. For me, they looked rude. Like, they, I felt like I wasn't welcomed at school. So I even felt like even if I try, right. they wouldn't actually like 
talk to me. Right. Uh, so I mostly started making friends with like other kids myself, like who speak the same language as me, right. or who are going through the same thing. Right. Because like Americans, to me, I felt like I, I needed to change who I am to like actually fit in with them. Right. So looking back and the fact that you've been in Missoula for three years, <laughs> what are some things that you really enjoy today where you say, oh, this is so cool about Missoula? Oh, even though I don't like winter, I like like ice skating and uh -huh. going to like ski. It's okay. so fun. Uh, sports, I feel like uh, I enjoy watching sports, like going to see other kids my age play. and. Uh, also the people. I've got I've gotten like a point that I'm actually liking the people and uh, making more friends in school. Right. So right. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, mostly skiing and ice skating. Those are the most fun stuff that I do. And also in the summer we go like to a lot of cool stuff. Like every every summer everything is always new to me. Like, right. So it's. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I I I like I said I remember when I came here. It took a little bit of time to get used to it, but then they were quickly, I noticed some things that were really cool about Missoula. And so then I left Missoula and went back to Germany for a couple of years and I missed Missoula so much because <laughs> it had all of those really neat things that I couldn't do in Germany and that I wasn't used to growing up. And so it really, it really added to well, the coolness of Missoula and why it's, why it's such a great place to live. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I really think you, you kicked this off nicely. <laughs> so who would, like to, who would like to be next? Wonderful. We're just going to hand the mic over and, and then just clip it on <laughs> to your collar there. This is probably just perfect. Yeah. Great. So please tell us your name. Um, my name is Tantin. Tantin. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what country are you from? Uh, I am from Burundi. Burundi. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, how long have you been in Missoula? Uh, almost five years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you've been here even longer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about how your cultural experience was, and especially going back to the beginning, I would imagine coming from Burundi to Missoula is equally different than coming from Congo to Missoula. Um, how, how, did you, how did you adjust when you first come here? What was easy and what was difficult for you? For the uh, difficult for the p difficult uh, part, uh, it was like the culture and like school. Uh -huh. Yeah, school is very different than from where I fr I'm from. Uh, Cause like usually we don't sit with the boys. Ah, where I'm okay. <laughs> where I'm from. Sure. And that was like a difficult thing. Sure, mixed classrooms. Yeah. yeah. If you're not used to it, I'm sure that's. That's quite a cultural adjustment. Absolutely. Mm. What else? Uh, and uh, just like making friends. Uh, where I'm from, it's easy because um, it's easy because you get to talk to anyone you see. But in here, like even though you, if you say hi, for example, they act like they don't see you. 
Hmm. I, yeah. Okay, so that was an adjustment to get used to. Okay. Um, what helped you in your cultural adjustment? Do you remember? We heard before that music can be super helpful. Um, Do you remember how? I mean, five years back is quite a bit of time to think back. But was there something where you would say, oh, that really helped me? Uh, for me, probably talking to one of my American friends. Okay. Yeah, she still goes here, I think, yeah. Okay, so having a connection to yeah. another person and being able to talk to them yeah. and exchanging ideas and experiences and that kind of thing, okay. Mm -hmm. um, what do you enjoy most about Missoula today? Uh, the outdoors things like um, skiing, um, hiking, um, yeah, just the outdoor things. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Um, do other people in your family, have they gone through the same sort of cultural adjustment? Do you remember anything from that time? Or um, was it easier or more difficult for other members in your family? Uh, everyone is different. So right. I believe that... Um, from uh, like there's I think it's different from mine I, uh, <laughs> I um, for my brother I think uh, for my brother it was really difficult because like when he get like for example if school is out he will like come home and like shut the door and like stay in his room like all day and he never comes out so I think, I don't know, everyone has their own expects. Sure. Yeah. But I think it's great that you said interacting with others or talking to a friend at the time helped you because I think that's so true. Uh, it makes a major difference if you have another human to talk to, another person that can relate, another person that uh, can comfort and another person that can encourage and say, hey, it's not so bad, let's go out and do something and let's go and take a walk or um, let's do something together in town. I think those are the things that really help with cultural adjustment. Yeah. Wonderful, well, thank you so much for, <laughs> for um, joining this group. And now, looking over to this side, would you like to be next? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll clip the microphone on you. Perfect, all right. So please tell us your name. Uh, my name is Magnifique. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what country are you from? Burundi. Burundi as well, okay. Um, so how was uh, coming to Missoula for you? And when was that? 2019. Oh, so three years ago as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you come directly to Missoula from Burundi or did you go somewhere else first? Uh, we came to Missoula and moved to Kentucky. Oh. Then we came back. Oh, okay. All right. So tell me a little bit about um, what do you remember when you first came here? What was, what was easy to adjust to and what was not so easy? I think 
nothing was easy everything was new here and but it was fun for us because we have a cousins here okay yeah they will speak swahili and other language so you had a family connection yes okay um what do you remember that was easy where you might say looking back oh that was really um an easy part to adjust to and how much did you know about american culture when you came um because when we get here it's been like one one month and moved to kentucky so i didn't know much about missoula uh i know more about kentucky mm -hmm. okay so how what helped you in your cultural adjustment coming to Missoula? What were some things that helped you? We've heard that, um, you know, music, um, connections with others. Yeah, what helps me uh, goes to church. Okay. With white people and talk to them. Right. Okay. So going to church, talking to other people, that's helpful. Okay. Um, what about the food? And I meant to ask you guys that too. Was food a big adjustment? I would assume that in Burundi, probably people don't eat hot dogs and hamburgers <laughs> and things like that. So that's probably something that was quite different, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, food was different, but uh, mostly I like rice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rice and chicken. Okay. But food is so different here. What about fruit? Um, is fruit pretty similar? I mean, I'm always thinking sort of a banana is a global thing. You could go anywhere in the world and you could ask somebody for a banana and they would know what it is. And it probably tastes the same pretty much as well. Are there some fruit that only grow in Burundi? or in Congo that you can't get here, but you grew up with them as a child and you would say, this is something that I'm missing because I can't get it here? Yeah. <laughs> what would that be? Um, like the little mangoes. Okay. Ah, okay, yeah. so it's a smaller mango kind of a fruit? Yeah. Okay. Mm. And. What about spices? Do you remember? certain kind of spices that your family would use in cooking that you can't get here? Mm. Oh. No, I think they're all yeah. here. They're here. Yeah. Mm. So you, you found pretty much what you needed for cooking or what your family needs, you can find it here? Yes. I think so. That's pretty amazing because Missoula is not that big <laughs> and we don't have a lot of spice stores. So that's really nice to hear that you yeah, actually they have a different food, but they um, did it have like African food. Right. Africa, they Africa has um, many food. They um, I think white people can't eat. Right. Yeah. So it takes some adjustment as well. And I would think within the African continent, I seem to remember there are 54 countries. Yeah. 
So it's probably quite diverse depending on where you are, right? Mm -hmm. If you are on the outer part of the continent, you have access to the ocean, so you probably have seafood. Mm -hmm. And if you're on the inner part of the continent, you don't have access to fish um, and other seafood. So it's probably more uh, meat-based, like chicken, like you said, or, mm -hmm. or plant-based. Would that be, would you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so now that you've lived here for three years, are there some things that you enjoy doing with your families that are connecting to, uh, that connect you to your home culture? Are there some traditions that you have, some things that you say, this is something that I do and it reminds me of home, or we celebrate something, or we cook a meal that is very traditional? Is there yeah. something like that? Yeah, like uh, birthday party. Birthday parties? Yes. So tell me, what's what do you do for a birthday in Burundi? Cooking and eat together. Okay. As family and friends. Okay, nice. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you enjoy doing? Yeah. The traditional way? Mm -hmm, even here. Cool. What about you guys? Um, oh, Christmas. Christmas? We don't give like gifts, you know, as America, or like Christmas trees, they have like Buddha. Uh, oh, there's the old school bell. Yeah, mama, like my mother in Africa, she used to cook like all different type of food, like literally food that we never eat all year. <laughs> and then, I know, and then we would like all of like neighbors or like every family, like family member would come and like we eat. Right. So pretty much on Christmas and New Year's are like the best days. In mm. like, sure. Yeah, in a long time, like where we eat all kinds of food and like our favorite foods that we never get to eat in like normal days. Right. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I basically agree with Sandrine. Uh, for Christmas and like, uh, I also think uh, our Christmas is different than American because like on Christmas basically they buy us no clothes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, here in America, it's basically normal, but except they give presents. And right. another party I like, it's like weddings. Oh. Wedding par weddings party, it's us. It's good. Um, it's good because of the music, okay. uh, clothing, um, and dancing. Uh -huh. Yeah, there's a lot of like... Different sure. type of things. Yeah, sure. Like the weddings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and right. America and Africa, it's different because um, America, I think New Year, it's normal, but Africa, it's big thing. Yeah, we celebrate and like, like they say, wear new clothes. Right. Cook um, different food. Right. Yeah, it's big day, but here, it's normal. They celebrate Christmas more than New Year. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, New Year's, I think, almost uh, sometimes is overlooked because you're, you just had uh, the, the, the holiday season, or you're still going through the holiday season, I guess. Technically, people go all the way into uh, January. And so, yeah, at some point, there's a new year, but there isn't really a big sort of celebration about that. And in many other countries, people have fireworks to ring in the new year or there are big 
celebrations. And you're right, that's not typically what happens here. It's actually rather on the quiet side. And I think back on my, I've lived here now for 30 years. Mm. I rarely remember going to a big event or something like that. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your experiences. And that um, brings us to our guest number four. <laughs> and guest number four, please tell us your name and the country that you're from. Um, hi, my name is Salim. Salim? Yeah, I'm from Syria. Syria, okay. Yeah. And I speak Arabic. Very nice. Yeah, it's like 17 dialects, uh -huh. so I speak all of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can understand anybody in that, speak Arabic that speaks country. Arabic. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Well, that's quite an accomplishment, <laughs> I would think. And obviously, you learned English, and you're, uh, really, uh, you're really good in speaking English as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've been here for like seven months. Seven months and a half. That's it? Yep. Wow. It. I came here in last of February. So from the entire group, you mm -hmm. are the newest addition, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how, how did you come to Missoula? Did you go somewhere else in the United States first, or did you come directly to Missoula? No, I came here directly from uh, uh, Jordan okay. to Missoula. Ah, okay. Yeah. I lived in Syria, then I lived in Jordan, moved to Jordan. So I'm not really like remember Syria, so that's it. I left Syria when I was seven years or eight years oh, old. Oh, okay. So you and were I fairly young. Mm-hmm. And go to Jordan. I lived there for ten years. Uh huh. I then came here. Ah, okay. Yeah. So how was it like for you coming to Missoula uh, just a few months ago? Um, what was what was new to you, or what was different to you? Um, and how did you manage adjusting? Well, basically, it's the culture. The American culture, like, it's way different from the Arabic culture. Uh, the, like, the speaking way and the language by itself, it's difficult. Well, it's not difficult for me because I learned English in Jordan when I was watching movies right. and stuff. Right. Yeah. But the uh, culture thing, it's way different. And, and culture is oft so often something that is not necessarily taught like a language class. So people can speak another language, but when they actually come to the country, like you said, mm -hmm. it's still the cultural adjustment is still a big hurdle to overcome. Yeah, and the English. I learned the basic English, like the classic one. Right. Yeah, the British. Right. And when, when I first came here, it's like the American English, It's different from yeah. the classic oh. one. Oh, absolutely. So I have to use to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's actually two. I mean, there's British English, mm -hmm. uh, and then there is American English. And mm -hmm. it goes as far as differences uh, to completely different words or meanings. If somebody in England says something, you know, like, let's table this, means something completely different from when an American says, yeah, let's exactly. table this. Yeah, exactly. So there is even within the language, while united in the language, there's actually differences in the meaning. So I can imagine when I went through this as a German trying to make sense of this, that um, you probably had similar experiences. Mm -hmm. Even the word itself, like it's different from an English, classic English and American right. English. So, right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, when you first came here, what was something that was um, easy to adjust to in Missoula? Uh, 
I don't think there's an easier thing. Yeah, I got friends from uh, Arabic countries also, uh -huh. so it was like easier for me right. to get used to the to the city here. Sure. Yeah, I hang out with them and learn English with them. Yeah, so that was the easiest part. I think that's it. What what helped you? We've heard before from others that music and connections to other people, family, food. What were some things that helped you in your cultural adjustment? Oh, uh, like I said, the friends. And uh, I was making American friends. I was liking uh, getting some friends here in school. Mm -hmm. That will help me, and the family support also. So that's you would say was an important part. Mm -hmm, yeah. Okay. That was the most important part. What are some things that you're missing that you don't have here? Sort of like the question that I had a little while ago as far as is there a certain spice that you remember in cooking or is there a certain activity or a certain sport or something that you would say, I remember that even though I was very young when I was in Syria, but I remember that and I don't have that anymore. Is there something like that? Well, yeah, definitely the food. The food? <laughs> yeah. The Arabic food here is like, there is no Arabic food. Right. So we go to Spokane, uh -huh. it's a city in uh, Washington. Yes. It's another state. Yes. It's like four hours away from here. Right. We go there to get our Arabic food and get back. And bring it back? Exactly. So like spices and... Spice, uh, like spices and like a regular food. Okay. One. But the there's bread. a pretty good um, Arabic community here in Missoula, right? Uh, people that are... that connect with each other? Uh, there's not m that much of people. No? But yeah, there's a connection. It's like, like there's nine families. Oh, Arabic. okay. Yeah, just that. Bit. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Um, when you think of school and when you think of learning, what are some things that um, that you really like in an American school like in Missoula? And what are some things where you say, that is still difficult for me to adjust to? What would those be? What are some things, let's start with the easy ones. What are some things that you say, oh, this, this is a lot of fun or it's just uh, an easy thing to do in an American school? Sports? <laughs> yeah, just like you said, the sports. Okay. And the break time. Is yeah. that a big thing in a Syrian school too, sports? Or is that something that's not part of the... Yeah, in uh, Arabic culture, there's a soccer. Uh-huh. It's really famous there. Okay. Here, it's not, it's not really that It's more uh, a football. Yeah, it's like a football, American football. Right, right. Yeah. And there's the uh, lunch breaks. Uh-huh. Yeah. There in Arabic culture, there's like 10 minutes uh -huh. or five. That's it? That's it, yeah. Wow, you have to eat fast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and here you have, what, what is the lunch break here? It's like 45. 45 minutes? 45 minutes. Yeah, that's dangerous for somebody like mm -hmm. me that loves food. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I'm allowed to eat for 45 minutes, I could probably eat a small elephant <laughs> if I tried, if the elephant is small. <laughs> we didn't have like lunch, lunch time. Right. right. They gave us two breaks. The breakfast one, like around 10, and then one for lunch around which we will go home and eat and then go back to school and then school starts like again at two o'clock oh okay oh, yeah for did. hours we didn't have had like lunch time because we got all like 12 yeah or something. 
No, it was like a week. Came, we were pretty much, we started at like 8, and then, you know, get the breakfast and the lunch break, and then the afternoon class, and then once that finished, some kids will go home, and then we will stay, and then go home around 6 or 7. Oh. Yeah, so it was long hours. So Longer day? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I've heard that before, that, um, that the fact that school here ends at three and in many other countries it actually goes till the evening hours is a big sort of difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and it's uh, in Jordan, it's what like uh, a little hard for us, the right. Syrian people in right. Jordan, because the government, I don't know why, they separate us from the Jordanian people. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like the Jordanian students will be in the morning and us, the Syrian, will be in the evening. Oh. Yeah, we start at like 12 and we finish at 5. Uh-huh. And the Jordanian, we st they start at 7, they finish at 12. Oh, okay, so yeah. that they are split in two exactly. different shifts, mm -hmm. learning shifts, okay, interesting. Um, what are some things that um, are really uh, easy that you like about the schools in Missoula? Teachers? Well, well yeah. that's nice the to hear. And Miss Arya, or Miss Peters. <laughs> Miss Arya too? Yeah, so so tell me about the teachers, that's interesting. What do you like about the teachers They're here? very motivated. And we should probably, you know what, we're, I think what we're going to do now that we have sort of a bigger conversation, we'll just put the mic right here <laughs> and then we can, we can later on bring up the levels a little bit and um, make sure that we all sort of sound the same, but this way we're all in the same distance. So, so tell us a little bit about uh, the teachers. You were saying that... Uh, they're very like motivated, just like when you're feeling down, they just like advise you or giving you ad give you advice um, to not just give up and keep going and that helps a lot especially for immigrants. Sure. Yeah. So the teacher also in a way is a good coach yeah. or um, a good mentor, would you say? Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's really nice to hear. What yeah, about you? Yeah, easy to talk to. Like kids joke around, you know. They, when I first came in middle school, like kids will be loud in class mm -hmm. and they will like joke with the teacher, teacher will laugh. Well, right. in Uganda, like once the bell ring, you go in class and I sit down, and once the teacher come in, you be quiet. If you say something like we start joking around, <laughs> you get punished. Like teachers are way strict. Yeah, exactly. How how <laughs> was it in Syria or in Jordan? Exactly like the Arabic culture. Much more strict. Mm -hmm, exactly. Okay. Like everyone will be quiet when the teacher comes. Um, if you say something in the class or like that, you will get punished. Yeah. And and come to think of it, growing up in Germany, that was pretty much what I remember too. My teachers were also very strict and. I didn't really have any rela relation to them. I didn't have yeah. any connection. And I would have never sort of gone up to a teacher and said, hey, um, I have a problem. Can I talk to you? Or can you help me with something? It was like the teacher was teaching. And when the teacher was done, he or she would leave the classroom. And that was it. And then the next teacher would come in and do math or you know, yeah. geography or whatever. But there wasn't much interaction. So you like that part to be able to talk to teachers and to connect to them? Yeah. yeah. 
we know yeah, so much definitely. about them. Like they, like the first day of school, like semester, they will like introduce themselves, talk about their family. Right. Well, there you pretty much they will say their names, but nothing about their outside, like uh, wh what they do outside of, outside of school, and you just know their name, like oh she's my English teacher, that's it. Like you right. won't say her age or like if she's married or she's not, if she has kids or not. Like right. It's pretty much. Right. <laughs> Mostly, I think um, it's because they know you. A lot, like most of my teachers back then, uh, they knew everything. Uh, and they knew my mom. And, like, mostly they knew everything. That's why they couldn't, like, ask, like, um, how do you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, because they knew everything. Yeah. Um, when you think back, is there anything that you would have done differently? Is there anything where you would say, oh, I wish I would have picked up uh, a certain sport, or I wish I would have joined the orchestra in school, or, and probably you have, I don't know. Yeah. But is there something where you would say, oh, I wish I would have done that and I didn't? Mm -hmm. Africa, or like here? Both. Uh, paid more attention with my science like uh i feel like we learn a lot of stuff mm -hmm. here, like that i'm learning now right and uh i never really paid so much attention in that in the school and now when we are learning i'm like oh i know i remember landa but i don't know anything it's like sure yeah i would have paid so i would have been so smart if i came here if i paid <laughs> attention to my teachers but I did it and now it's hard. You know <laughs> that maybe the biggest regret that most people have is if they would have just paid more attention <laughs> when they were when they had a chance that they would actually be better off. Yeah. I, I, I certainly agree with you. Yeah. I missed um, to wear uniforms. Oh, tell us about that. So in your school growing up, kids yeah. wore uniforms? Mm -hmm. What what did they look like? They look good. Were they all the same for uh, boys and girls? Yeah. Yes. Okay, all the same color? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, all the same material, same cut? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, boys uh, wear like a shirt. Uh huh. And girls wear like um, skirts. Okay. Dresses? Mm -hmm. Okay. But every day students had to come in uniform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You couldn't wear your jeans? No. And, no. Okay. No jeans are allowed. So, yeah. how was that? Diff tell me about it. I, because the concept here is so different. Um, I mean, there are schools here that are private schools that do that, but public schools don't have uniforms. Yeah, I think um, it's different because here you have to be stressed. Uh, what I'm gonna wear today? You know, right. Africa. Right. Um, if you have uniform and you, it's clean. Probably you wear uniform, but here, you know. Different clothes, right? Yeah, different materials. Yeah. Anybody else that had school uniforms? Yeah. In, in Jordan, Syria. In Syria. Syria? In Jordan, no. How no how is it in Syria? What what uh, is it there? It's like a blue uniform with a red or uh, orange. Oh, things. okay. Yeah, just like that. Okay, and boys and girls are. Boys and girls are the same. Okay. Mm -hmm. Huh. Interesting. And you have to wear that every day when you go to school. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Huh. Wow. <laughs> well, it's just interesting for me, and uh, you know, I, 
I do a lot of cultural things, so um, some of the things are fairly common, and you you know you kind of go, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. But that is interesting. I don't think I've ever seen a picture of uh, of of school uniforms in Syria or in other places. So that's quite interesting actually see what that looks like. Do you think that the school uniform does something to bring kids together or does that give kids a certain connection yeah. or something to belong to mm -hmm. or do you think it's just difficult to make sure that you have your uniform every day and that it's clean and you need to wash it and um, sort of the logistics of it or do you think there is more a deeper meaning behind uh, a school uniform? Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it represents growth, growth. like the motto of the school. Yeah, like. Interesting. So yeah. it connects people and brings a school spirit yeah. in mm -hmm. people. And I guess we do have that here too. Mm -hmm. We make those days that are spirit days or <laughs> that are. School color days. School color days or where, where, where the students dress up to find this sort of a unity with each other and to say, oh, we're all today in Hellgate colors or yeah. something like that. But that's usually like a couple days a year, right? Yeah. And it can be pretty silly and, and it, wild. Yeah. Right. As, as opposed to a uniform that's like very... Yeah. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I went to a school for a presentation and it, and it was pajama day. And of course, I had not gotten the memo. So I was really, I stood out like a, th uh, like a sore thumb. I mean, everybody had PJ pants on and a PJ top, right? And I was coming in a normal clothing. And so you could have spotted me anywhere in the school within five seconds because I just did not fit in that day. Right. Uh, people respect students when Africa respects students when they see wearing uniform. So when uh, some people having a car, they let you go. You oh, know, okay. Because they see you are a student. You're a student. Okay. Yeah. So it also creates a certain respect, yeah. you would yeah. say, for others then to to know that you are a student and that you're going to school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's also make uh, like people recognize that you are middle school or high school oh, student. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In Syria, this one it was like for the middle school. Right. Yeah. Right. The high school they were like a, a army uniform or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I uh, see. So people will recognize you are. Uh, High school or middle school student. Right. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. What else do I have on my list of questions that I have not asked you yet? Um, oh, here's a good one, I think. Um, what do you miss the most? If you had like a magic wand and you could get something from your home country to appear right here on this table. My child. My childhood games. Yeah. Childhood games? Yeah. Okay. So childhood games. So if you had a magic wand and you could get something magically on this table, childhood games that you grew up with, what mangoes. about you? Mangoes? Yeah. Here, yeah, the mangoes we miss a lot. I mean, they're good, but I think they go through a lot. Yeah. So they don't taste good. Yeah. But where I come from, actually, 
a lot. Yeah, when yeah. we go home and eat, we go back to school. I used to get late because we would go to like this place and get mangoes, like the fresh ones, and it tasted so good. <laughs> once we get at school, they would punish us because we were late. And then we would lie that, oh gosh, like when, once I got home, they were not food, so I had to like walk to go get water and then cook it. And, but the teacher just knew that we But you're right, oftentimes here too, when you get something like right from a farmer it tastes completely different than when it's something that is in the store and that has traveled for many hours to get here and whatnot if it's something that's fresh like at the farmers market I don't know if you had a chance in the summer yeah. to go to the farmers market when you get something there it typically tastes completely different than yeah. if you get it in a regular grocery store so childhood games uh, fruit, yeah. what about you? Magic wand and you could <laughs> magically make it appear on this table, what would it be? African friends. Oh. African friends? Yes. Okay. They are so close and like they can sleep at your house. Yeah, like. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a connection within your larger sort of family that, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you? Well. There is the uh, fruit, figs. Yeah, here I miss it so much. Like there, I can collect it from tree, uh -huh. like fresh one. Like right, right. But as she said, it's, <laughs> it's different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. And there is the connection between the, like the neighbors or the neighborhood. Uh -huh. Yeah, in Arabic countries, like all the neighborhood is like one family. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Here it's not that much like it's like our neighborhood. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the f the four people that are represented here today, I think culturally you're all coming from collectivistic cultural backgrounds, meaning your cultures are all very group oriented. Yes. The American culture in comparison is much more individualistic. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that is for many students that I've talked to, a big thing to adjust to because here, sort of the idea of the American dream, you know, if you work hard, you can make it from rags to riches is sort of this old saying, but it's because you yourself do it. And it's this sort of the idea of the individual drives this, where in many other countries is much more, and when you said, you know, I remember Christmases where my mother would cook basically for half the town <laughs> and, and everybody would come together. It's sort of the idea of much, much wider group thinking and families are bigger and so you always have a, a, a bigger sort of crowd that is around you where I think here oftentimes four people is a crowd and you kind of go, ah, yeah, that's yeah. too many, and, you know, too many people and you go, yeah, it's just four people, what's the problem? But it's because people here don't tend to be so collectivistic, they're much more individualistic. So that I think from what all you said, neighborhoods, sort of connections, bigger families, having people come over for, for dinners and things like that, that must be difficult and I don't know. I mean many things I think one can get used to and or find alternatives. But something like this is really difficult because you cannot from one day to the next create a big network. So I think that's more challenging. Anything else that any of you want to add um, that, that I didn't think of that you want to share as far as your 
culture and your cultural adjustment to Missoula. This was super interesting to me, and I would think that anybody listening to this would feel uh, the same because those are things that normally people don't talk about. And so it was very interesting to hear your individual views, and they were all slightly different, although many kind of connected, but um, I thought that was very interesting. Is there anything that we left out? Anything that you would like to add? <laughs> I would add like getting water. It's very different uh, because for hours uh, we used to like, there's a big hole. Yes. Like, and like mostly like in the mountains. Yes. And you go like in it to go get water. <laughs> like from a well? Yeah. Okay. Uh, me? Um, like families, African, African, they have like big families, but American, they are like small, small. Yeah, families. they're not very big. That's, that's what I, yeah. Like Africa, when someone says, I have a like small family, you should like have five kids. <laughs> but here, five kids, it's a big family. That's true. That's Africa, true. it's small family. Right, right. Yeah, uh, for, I would say our school, uh, I feel like they're totally different, but on breaks, literally everyone is praying, like everyone is having fun, like we are playing together, and right. you know, talk to everyone, literally school for like 900 kids, everyone know each other. Well here at lunch, every group is like here, there, like there, like no, we don't actually go talk to new people, right. which is very surprising. Like to me, I loved literally like break time because like I would talk to people and then we play these different games and then the time will go so quickly. Well here it's just like... I would say boring, like everyone is just with people they like, they don't even want to talk to new people. Mm-hmm. And like me who love people, I feel like their coach and my coach are different. If I go to them, they're going to think it's weird, like why yeah. is she talking to me? Like we are not friends, you know? Right. So it's, it's super hard and I hope in the future we'll get better. Yeah. And I think you're bringing up a good point and that is sort of even this concept of friendship can be quite different when you look at different cultures. And, um, you know, American culture is so friendly. Um, You go to a store and it could be somebody working in the store saying, hey, my friend, how are you? Can I help you with something? And you're thinking, I don't know the person. Why are they saying that that I'm their friend? It's just sort of a way of, you know, within the English language to, well, people say to break the ice or to connect to other people is be very informal, but it can sometimes be misunderstood because, of course, you don't really know that clerk in the store. You don't really have a connection to them, where in many other cultures, when you call somebody a friend, it has a much deeper meaning. And, you know, it's a friend of the family or it's somebody that you've known for many years or that even your parents have been friends with. And so there's like this you know, multi-generational connection. So I think that's a, that, that is something that is, I think, challenging to grasp as a concept is from different cultures, the idea of friendship and, and connecting with people. But you all have done this very well because I came in today as a stranger. And so you didn't know me, but you were all so sharing and so 
um, such great communicators that um, I really, really appreciated that. And we talked for an hour. So this is like, you know, when you do these kind of things, it's like 10 minutes there, 10 minutes there. And all of a sudden, you're looking back and you go, what? 56 minutes? How did that happen? <laughs> so probably um, in closing, we do go back to Miss Arya and, um, and ask her, what do you, how can, well, how can we support individuals like you that are working in the schools, that are um, trying to do this job of breaking down barriers and helping students to feel comfortable and integrated. What can the community do outside of the school? Is there anything that... I would say um, just making sure that you have an open mind and mm -hmm. come with uh, curiosity. That's what I always try with my students I think as Americans, sometimes we can kind of think like this is the best culture or people come to America because it's such a great country. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, our culture is the best. Right. But that's not always true. And I'm always learning things yeah. that I apply even to my own life or my own family from my students. And so I think as a community to be most welcoming is to really just come with such an open mind to think about these cultures that are coming into our Missoula community and what a benefit that can be and the things we can learn just by asking questions and being curious rather than teaching someone about the culture or right. thinking we already know about someone else's culture. Right. Um, and yeah, just in that kind of welcoming, warm spirit. And that helps me. I want to know that my students are going out into the Missoula community to folks that are kind and compassionate and welcoming and not judging and not telling them that this is the best place and they shouldn't be missing their home culture or something like that you know right. so um yeah i don't know i think that's the way the missoula community could help me and other ways i don't know just supporting the schools right um, right you know the students said the teachers are one thing that they really love about the school and i think that's really telling teachers are working hard to yes. build relationships with students right so just supporting right. teachers in that work right mm -hmm. and i think it takes um it takes many people to make this happen it's the teachers in the schools it's the families at home that are supportive mm -hmm. it's the friends that you all have and uh it's it's not one person no. it's a whole bunch of people that are making this making this work right. just like today where we talked in our group about this, and it wasn't like one person had to um, had to answer all of the questions for an hour, but we kind of divided it up. So thanks again to all of you for being part of this podcast episode. I so appreciate you being here. I think it's great that you are sharing your culture with the community as the community is sharing their American culture with you. And I hope that you have a successful rest of your academic year um and uh and that you are that you are well thank you thank you to the listeners near and far thank you for tuning in today please join me again next month for another episode of international voices as always, thank you for listening. Those of you who are regularly tuning in to International Voices know, being of German descent, I usually end with a German farewell. Dankeschön fürs Zuhören. 
International Voices is brought to you by Arts Missoula Global and The Trail 1033. This and previous International Voices podcasts can be found at artsmissoula.org and thetrail1033.com. If your interests are in global and intercultural education, programming, cultural and global competence, and international affairs, we hope you continue to listen to International Voices.